Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. Uh, with you as always, I'm Chris, and the zombie to my peewee, Tony. Say hey, Tone. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> That's more like Krusty the Clown than Pee Wee, I think. <laughs> that, that was a pretty good uh, Krusty. Yeah. Hi, kids. Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just couldn't get that damn blue face out of my head. Hi, Pee Wee. <laughs> mecca lecca hi, mecca hiney ho. <laughs> All right. What are we, <laughs> episode 12? Episode 12. 12. 12 it is. All right. We're going to get into it. And uh, one of the reasons I bring up Pee Wee is uh, it's actually the first story that we're going over. Um, ah. It looks like Pee Wee's Playhouse is making its return to television. Um Based on reading this, I guess it already did starting Thanksgiving Day. Um, but <laughs> IFC, uh, so the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Independent Film Channel, uh, yep. is show, was showing a 24-hour marathon. Uh, on the 22nd, they're showing the uh, Christmas special, Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse. And then uh, it says that it's returning to its rightful home Saturday mornings beginning November 24th, which I believe is CBS. Now, if that's the case, are those new episodes, or are they just re-airing the old ones? I I don't know. This is uh, this is awfully quick. Um, I would imagine in today's day and age, you would want to make new ones. Um, Paul Rubens can still pull off a Pee Wee, but uh, the whole the older show for that generation, I don't think I would go back and replay it on. CBS. I don't know if today's generation would get into it. I don't um, know if it would hold up, you know. I Yeah, for you and I, for our generation, it did. Um, f- funny story, I actually was banned from watching this show. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't understand why until I got older. Um, when Pee Wee decided to go to his own playhouse and <laughs> <laughs> when he was when he did his thing in Florida, I mean, they took his show off the... I don't know if they took it off the air, but my mom... Quote, God bless her soul. She's, and this is a funny uh, story, actually. She uh, said, 
you can't watch Pee-wee no more. He's a fervert. And I'm a like, fervert. what the hell? <laughs> I go, what the hell's a fervert? And I, I didn't know what a fervert was, but for those listening, it's pervert. My mom was a Filipino lady, and she said, fervert, she couldn't say her peas. So the <laughs> Sounds like me with the uh, Bell's palsy. Yes. Hello, fervert. But, uh, yeah, due to Pee-wee uh, playing with his playhouse, I couldn't watch it no more. Um, I think if you uh, brought it back and it was more updated, it might be okay. I just I don't see where kids would get into that. I could almost see them doing it as a uh, a show more for adults, more for people like us that actually grew up with it, um, you know, and little innuendo and, uh, you know, have some fun, you know, from there. I'm a rebel, Dottie. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, going back and watching it, you don't realize that like Cowboy Curtis was Lawrence Fishburne. You know, obviously went Morpheus, on to be yeah. Yeah, Morpheus and uh, <laughs> you know, huge iconic roles. And then Captain Carl, uh, Phil Hartman, who um, obviously he's no longer with us. But, uh, yeah, you know, he sort of made his start before going to uh, Saturday Night Live in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's crazy. A lot of big stars went through that show. I yeah. don't know. I don't I don't know. What was the appeal to Pee Wee when we were kids? I don't know, but the funny thing is, Pee-wee's Playhouse was definitely meant for kids, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Pee-wee's Big Top were definitely meant more for adults. Yeah, I I tried to go back and watch uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure when it was on Netflix a while back, and I think it's one of those flicks I wish I would have left alone as a kid, because I I thought it was great as a kid, but watching it now, I'm like, oof, it's pretty bad. Do you well, remember was... the Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse theme song? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I had to YouTube it because I don't know it. Yeah, this this wouldn't hold up. So bom, there's a beaver. Bom, there's bom. a beaver eating a big ass thing of wood. <laughs> That's just weird. We watch this crap? <laughs> this is, hey, you can watch it again on IFC. Wow. Well, you guys can go to IFC and check this out. I'm watching the intro on YouTube to jot my younger Tony self who loved the show. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Man, this, the animation is terrible. Oh, Cowboy Curtis is riding a bull. <laughs> This is disturbing. <laughs> what the hell? This must be the long version. I don't remember it taking this long. He's, he's a freaking spaz. <laughs> no, this would not hold up. Okay, you guys got... I'm going to send this... I'm sharing... Oh my god, I'm stopping this. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm sharing it on our Facebook page right now. That's awful! <laughs> Did you know that uh, it got 22 Emmys, a Parents' Choice Award, and a TV Critics Award? No! Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking back on it, I have no idea, but... Younger Tony liked it. Older Tony does not like that so much. That was disturbing. <laughs> so disturbing. I'm sharing it with everybody on our Facebook page. 
Wow. No, I did not know. Um, I just, you know what I really remember from that show was, today's magic word is box! Yeah, I think that dude was just hopped up on drugs or a lot of uh, sugar. Right. As a kid, it was sugar, right? Wink, yeah. wink, and that. <laughs> that uh, fine white powder known as sugar. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll I be skipping this. No, thank you. <laughs> it better to just leave it as a fond memory as opposed to uh, yeah. going back and rewatching it. Yeah, it's kind of like I wish I would have went back in time and not watched Howard the Duck. Like, as a kid, <laughs> Howard the Duck was awesome. Who didn't want to see Duck? Yeah, no one. You got to see Duck boobs. Like, you remember that scene when he flew through his apartment? And, uh, I she do. Back in her tub to the big old duck titties. <laughs> yeah, that. and then you go back and watch it as an adult. You're like, what the hell did I watch as a kid? <laughs> Marvel did a lot of wrong back then. Oh, there was a lot of wrong that, you know, and we're going to get into it here in a little bit, uh, talking about Saturday morning cartoons. But uh, there's a number of those that you go back and watch, and they just don't hold up. I can't wait till we get to that discussion. That should be fun. <laughs> All right. Let's move away from Pee Wee, uh, move to something ah, like, a little bit more interesting. Ah! <laughs> so a couple episodes back, we uh, showed the promo image of Ruby Rose as a Batwoman, uh, obviously making her debut in the uh, CW episodes, uh, the Elseworlds crossover. Um Looks like Entertainment Weekly just released a updated picture, um, you know, from her on set as opposed to like a promo image. And uh, I got to say, she still looks badass. She's got her, uh, you know, grappling gun or whatever the hell it is. And uh, I, I think they're still doing it right. You know, it's it's hard to contest any of the uh, CW uh, DC shows. Looks. I'm interested in watching it. She looks like a badass. Um, the following that the CW network has with uh, the DC properties, uh, they're doing it well. So far, looks good. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through. It looks like, um, uh, yeah, the Elseworlds episodes will begin uh, Sunday, December 9th. So, I mean, right around the corner. And then uh, the final, let's see, there's going to be episode the 10th and then the final one on the 11th. And so even if you don't follow the, uh, you know, the Flash and uh, Supergirl and Green Arrow or just Arrow, um, still might, might be worth checking out these Elseworlds episodes. And then might be a good way to get into, uh, you know, starting them from this point forward. Yeah. She's I like we discussed uh, on one of our earlier podcasts of what a good casting it was. She's a fan of the show, um, how they actually put the time and effort into these DC shows. I think it's going to be great. And then the nice thing is that, uh, you know, next television season, she's getting her own version of the show, which obviously takes place in Gotham City, which means now they're going to be able to play with those Gotham villains. Um that, you know, even though the show Gotham does a really good job with them, uh, it'll be nice to see what uh, the CW does, with, you know, with those characters. As you would say, it's still a page of your, out of your vocabulary. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so, yeah, not a lot of television news uh, this week. Uh, one of the things we talked no, about. We're getting into that midseason finale, like we're getting ready to go through uh, the Christmas era. Exactly. Of, uh, television. There you go. <laughs> Every time I say exactly, you can take a drink. Um, I but, just yeah. did. Just did. <laughs> um, you know, it's that time of year where it's going to be nothing but uh, Peanuts Christmas and Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman. And so there's not going to be a whole lot of information, uh, you know, exciting stuff coming out uh, in the television world, at least right now. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, one of the things we talked about last episode was sort of looking back on some of the Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up with, um, you know, some more popular than others. You know, I, I, I remember fondly some of the more obscure um, Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, but this week, I think we'll highlight uh, at least one that most people should be familiar with, um, especially if they grew up in the 80s. And uh, that's Thundercats. And uh, <laughs> hey, do you have that? Do you have that, that pulled up? Why don't you go ahead and play it? Oh, okay. Well, why don't I just do that, Maestro? I missed that opportunity. I sound I like know. Jim Duggan there. So <laughs> and I have to fumble through. All right. Bear with us here. Technical right. difficulties. <clears throat> there we go. This was one of those rare 80s shows that the animation was as good as you expected. Oh, it was excellent. I'm watching the uh, intro here. The animation was actually really damn good in the 80s on these shows. Very detailed. Yeah. Except Snarf. He looks a little funky. <laughs> Who was your favorite Thundercat? Mine was um, uh, Tigra. Because he could turn himself invisible with the whip. Oh, nice. Mine was Pantsless. I'll have to post a picture on our uh, on our page of me as Panther as a little guy. <laughs> did you dress up as Panther for? I did. Yeah, my mom. Yeah, my mom made me a costume as Panther. That's cool. Like if Costco was big back then, I could have just bought one, but <laughs> but back then it was homemade, baby, and it was good. <laughs> snarf, snarf. Hi, Lionel. Did you ever hear the outtake of um of like the voice actor that did Lionel, and he's like Thunder, Thunder. Oh shit! Like, <laughs> like there's some good outtakes out there on the internet. God bless the internet for some stuff like that. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently the next cartoon trailer to play was Heathcliff. I didn't know Heathcliff had a damn opening. Shut the hell up, Heathcliff, you little fat Garfield ripoff. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Thundercats was definitely one of my favorite uh, 80s Saturday morning cartoons. I had the action figures, the play sets, the vehicles. Um, man, those were a lot of fun. Oh, big time. I was just like you, bro. I think this is why we get along so well is we grew like we would have been we're best friends as adults in our teenage years. But, man, we would have been best friends as kids. Oh, we like the same exact crap. I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was a huge thing. 
Do you remember uh, Lion-O and Mumra both had that ring, and then you put the ring in the back and their eyes would light up? Yes! And of and course, never- in the 80s, that was like, holy shit, that's amazing toy technology. Right, you're like, look how cool it is! Did you have, like, the little, uh, like, the little slides of, like, Mumra, and you could put it on the front of a flashlight, and then if you put the the uh, the little thing in front of a flashlight and put it on your wall it would project the image no i didn't have that one yeah we had those and man well i say we as in me and my sister my sister could probably give two shits about it but uh <laughs> you know i got into it i thought it was great what i did have and it's you know when you're an adult you always look back and it's like why didn't i hold on to these toys for the mumra before he uh you know would go through his transformation and become like the the big, like, hulked-out character. Uh, the frail Mumra was a mail-away character, and you had to get uh, a certain number of, like, UPCs, and then you mailed away for it, and then they mailed it to you, and it was, you know, basically a little, I don't know, like, three-and-a-half, four-inch PVC figurine of uh, Mumra, and that thing's worth a ton now. You didn't save it, did you? I didn't, no. No, well... Like, if you could go back in time, I would have told my younger self, don't open half the shit I had. I think I had so many rare toys, and I'm like, oh, but I want to play with it. And don't <laughs> have it today. I would have told I'm myself telling. or my parents back then, buy two of everything. One that you yes. can play with and one to just put away. And trust me, you can afford to have two. It'll be worth it. It'll pay for itself. Right. And back then, action figures were five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks. Yeah, now oh, they're totally. like 20 bucks a piece. Oh, I know. And as adults, we buy these things. We're like, but they're so cool. And they sit on our shelf in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever watch the uh, Cartoon Network uh, reboot that they tried uh, a few years back of Thundercats? No, I I don't know if it was you that told me it was pretty shitty or if it was Andrew Nixon that told me it was shitty. But I think I it was skipped- Andrew. Yeah. Because I didn't at first, and then I went back and tried watching it. And, and it, you know, again, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, in this case, the original held up way better than any of the re- reboots that they did. Um, and then now they're going to release in 2019 something called Thundercats Roar, which is basically their version of Teen Titans Go, which I'm not looking forward to. <sighs> Is it going to be along the lines of the animation of uh, Teen Titans, or is it going to be along the lines of that crappy new Ninja Turtle reboot? Even worse, it's the uh, animation for uh, Steven Universe. Um, having kids, unfortunately, I know what it is, but uh, it's okay. It's awful. <laughs> well, I'm glad you know because I know. I'm like, what could be worse than that shitty Rise from the Sewers? <laughs> That's an abomination of the Ninja Turtle series. Terrible. You've got you've got YouTube up. Type in uh, uh, Thundercats Roar, and there's a uh, they'll show you the intro to it, and you can just see how terrible it is. I'm afraid to see this. This is like when the high school cheerleader it, that's really hot in high school. You see her at your 20 year reunion, right? <laughs> I see goddamn Heathcliff. That's what I see. I'm gonna type that in. Oh, no way. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That looks like shit. Oh, my gosh. And there's this uh, YouTuber. 
and this is his name, some black guy. That's his YouTube name. Oh. It says, Thundercats <laughs> Roar, Rune Childhood. Oh my gosh, that looks like shit. <laughs> wow. Now the I'm, sharing, I'm sharing this on our Facebook page. You should, so you, you should. Oh my gosh, that's not Thundercats. Now that's the funny thing is... It, my name is Lion, and I'm the star of a new show called Thundercats Roar. Wait, you don't know what a Thundercat is? <laughs> well, uh, let's start small. I'm a Thundercat, and this is my magic slicing stick. Sword of Omens, give oh. me sight beyond sight. Oh, Warner Brothers animation, you bastards. God, that sounds terrible. Hey, at least they kept the 80s. Um, they kept the 80s. Um, oh, like, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I, I'm a little sick. I'm, I, I'm a little nauseous on this episode, kids. Now, that looks like shit. Here's the only thing, to be fair. Teen Titans Go, when it originally came out, I had very much the same feeling like, oh, why would you try to make a comedy out of, you know, something that was fantastic? You know, Teen Titans was a great show. Um, So I refused to watch it. And then when my kids got old enough, they started watching it. It's actually kind of funny. (laughs) I mean, really kind of funny. Uh, You know, I watched it with uh, your boys as well. This first time I seen it, and I remember watching Corbin just do a crazy ass dance to the intro, and I'm like, "What's the appeal to this show?" And then at about 20 minutes after the first episode, I was like, "Okay, I get it. It appeals well to the kids." Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sort of tongue, yeah, there's a lot of tongue in cheek humor to uh, you know the whole DC universe, and I even saw the Teen Titans go to the movies. Took the boys to see that, and. Uh, you know, they poked a lot of fun at, uh, you know, the current state of superhero movies. Um, but again, I don't know if Thundercats is going to get sort of that same treatment. Um, you know, that show Steven Universe, I, I can't do it. I don't find it funny. I don't find it entertaining. Um, the animation is awful, which obviously if you go to our Facebook page, you can see that with the Thundercats. Yeah, um, it's up live right now, but <laughs> they won't know it. <laughs> Because this is recording right now. Right. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. It comes out in 2019. I'll probably see a couple episodes just because of the boys. But, uh, you know, definitely not looking forward to it. Weird, weird Negative. sort of side note, side tangent. Uh, one Hi, of the sh- final. <laughs> one of the shows that's awesome, I mean, really good, and it's a kid's show on Cartoon Network, is The Amazing World of Gumball. I've that actually sh- heard of that. I, I don't I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. That show is hilarious. They do a good job of uh putting in adult humor and kid humor. And so I'll be laughing at things that the kids don't get. But you know, they, they do a good job with that. I'll have to check that out. That I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so in any case, that was our uh, Saturday morning cartoon feature. Uh, next week, we'll probably do uh, one of the more obscure cartoons that uh, we'll look back and, uh, you know, hopefully look back fondly on. Maybe we'll have a theme song intro too. Tony and Chris, Saturday morning cartoon roundup. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, do you remember, and I guess we're going back into it now, each of the commercial breaks had like their own, uh, like, uh, sort of memorable thing, like, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, in, in a, a minute. minute, in a minute. Yes. Wasn't that USA? No, no, that was. In a minute. That was one of the major networks. Hmm. I do remember it, though. Yeah. yeah weird things that you remember. Well, All yeah. right. There was so many weird ass stuff back then. <laughs> uh, appointment television where you actually had to get up and sit in front of the TV to watch it. And there was no DVR. Um, you know, if you were really cool, you would record it on your VCR. Oh, what's a VCR, young man? <laughs> That's not that cheesy cartoon intro outro. What is that? It says cheesy cartoon outro. That was just bad. We'll edit that, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, that does it for television for this week. Uh, let's go into movie news. Um, being that we're recording on a Monday, we can actually give you a valid weekend box office report. Oh, before we start the box office report, if yes. anyone follows The Walking Dead and you care, you know, avoid avoid spoilers. Sorry, my phone is going off. Son of a biscuit. Um, <laughs> wow, this is just a train wreck. Um, if you go avoid spoilers, they totally they just don't even care anymore. Like AMC, they're just gonna tell you what happened on their damn social media. Oh really? So, yeah, they don't even share. They're like, ah, eh, this happened. Okay. And then they get even lazy in the mid, like they, like it leaves on a cliffhanger. And then you watch the trailer for the second part that comes back in February. And you're like, oh, well, I know what happens. Great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for spoiling it for me, you dicks. So that being said, that's how I'd say I'd end TV this week. If you're going to watch The Walking Dead or you currently follow The Walking Dead and you haven't watched the mid-season finale, avoid the spoilers on AMC and any social media that you follow. Good to know. Good to know. Mm -hmm. All right. Back into the weekend box office report. Um, it is a rare occasion that between the two of us, we've seen most of the movies in the, on the box office report. So with that being said, uh, we'll give sort of mini reviews of what we thought of the movies as we go through the uh, box office report. We don't have to get super in-depth with them. Um, oh, but we must. <laughs> number one, obviously no surprise, uh, was the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, it got first place with $55.6 Honestly, I'm surprised that's a little bit lower than I expected uh, it to debut at. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I thought with the inclusion of the Disney princesses to draw kind of the more maybe female crowd in, um, yeah, it didn't open. I thought it would be a lot higher than that, um, but I did happen to see this movie, and I got to tell you, a great sequel, not as good as the original, <clears throat> very enjoyable, and uh, if you go see it, stay for the credits. There are two bonus scenes um, more just free humor, nothing that really builds the story or anything. It's not like a Marvel flick where you're like, oh, 
you know it's right they're just fun they're just fun bonus credits but uh look for uh some cool cameos in the movie and uh, a lot of pop culture references uh definitely something i would like to see again it was very well done good movie nice nice um i'm seeing the boys this weekend so they've already seen it but i'm going to take them again because i want to see it um and it's nice that uh it's a movie that it doesn't really break the fourth wall but it can sort of relate back to the current state of disney so you know as you mentioned cameos you know they can play with some of the marvel characters or star wars characters um you know, just to, to include them in because they own those properties now. Yeah, and, and there's plenty plenty of Marvel references. Um, Star Wars obviously are in there based on the trailer, if you haven't seen it. Um, I To be honest, I think the Disney princesses really kind of steal the show. Do they really? <laughs> yeah, I've got to nice. say it, man. Let me know. Next week we'll have that discussion. I'll ask you what you thought of it. But uh, when we do our box office report on the next episode. But uh, very enjoyable flick, though. Very enjoyable. Nice, nice. I can't wait. Uh, Number two at the box office, another sequel, uh, was Creed uh, II. With arms wide open. (laughs) Not that. I'm back in the back. Oh, it's not the Scott Stapp story? No. (laughs) The Creed biopic. Yeah, well, I thought it was. I thought Creed was coming back. Like, I got my Creed shirt on. I got my tips frosted. Got my gold chain around my neck. Got my hoop earring. Nice. Just to go see this. Like, (laughs) is this not happening? You know, that's a sad picture. I actually have a picture of me in a Creed shirt. Oh, I've seen it. I was there. Yeah. I remember. We were friends, but I had frosted tips. And you you friended that 90s version of me. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit uh yeah creed 2 how was it i know you saw it tone hey did you see rocky one like rocky rocky like 1977 yeah. was it of course i did yeah did you see rocky 4 <laughs> i did did you see rocky 5 uh i've seen all of the rockies you know what i haven't seen creed, creed 1 <laughs> well guess what if you saw Rocky 1 through 5 or 6, you saw Creed 2. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same movie. Just more of the Sylvester same. Sylvester Stallone, no offense, Sly, but you're using the same damn formula for every effing movie. <laughs> now, with that being said, it's a good formula and it works. It's not a bad movie. It's a very good movie. The the whole premise for Dolph Lundgren's character, though, Ivan Drago, though, or Drago, mm. what? I'll say it's in 30 years I was embarrassed by Rocky in my town and I could not show my face and I talk like Arnold Schwarzenegger sorry but sorry <laughs> we're doing it because I can't get my Russian out um we'll do a Russian one that's probably better <laughs> uh, my wife Bridget Nielsen left me after I get butt kicked by Sly Stallone so then I have baby Bridget Nielsen, leave baby. I tell baby, it's your fault. It's my fault. I lost to Rocky. I must train you to be kill machine. And then you kill Creed's kid. And then man, Mama Bridget Nielsen will come back. And then you will be champion. Um, it was just a dumb premise. Like, 
<laughs> because he lost a boxing fight, his whole life is ruined. He was the he was a shame like the country shamed him for losing that fight. It kind of sounds like the uh, premise of Iron Man Two with uh, Whiplash. Actually, it is. <laughs> now that you mention it, holy shit! <laughs> I don't know. If you're a boxing fan, if you like the other, go see it on a matinee. Don't waste your hard-earned money on a primetime flick. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, Creed One was directed by uh, Ryan Coogler, who went on to do Black Panther, um, and of course now he's entrenched in that Black Panther um, world. How was the direction of this movie compared to Creed 1? Creed 1 was more well done. Creed 1 actually followed the the dramatics that made Rocky 1 so great. Um, Took the emotion of the boxer. um, Intertwined, you know, Rocky as much as it could, but tried to be a standalone. This one kind of felt lost. Like, you took the guy you built up in the first movie only to turn him into a cocky, over-arrogant person in the second one, like, I'm the champ! Ain't nobody gonna beat me! I don't need you, Rocky! I'm the best! And you kind of take a a likable character that you built up during the first movie just to kind of make him kind of a putz for most of the second, only to rebuild him back up. And I don't know. I don't feel like we needed a sequel here. Yeah, yeah. What do we get get in Creed 3? Are we going to fight Clubber Lang's, (laughs) like, (laughs) ill bastard son? Or or you want to fight Tommy Gunn? Are we going to bring Tommy Gunn back from part five? His sister's cousin on his uh, father's side. (laughs) Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, if you're going to go, I'm going to give you a a Creed Rocky drinking challenge. Every time you hear the word, yo, take a shot. Just saying, you're gonna be shit faced. Oh, that bad, huh? Oh, every time, yo, hey, yo, B, will you marry me? Yo, oh. yo, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some boxing, bitch. <laughs> oh man, that's a bummer. Yeah, this is definitely a PG-13 episode. There's a lot of shit and bitch in this episode. Yeah, we haven't dropped the <laughs> F-bomb yet. No, no, I'm not there. You know, when you drink a Mike's, you don't drop the F. You you drink a Kirkland Signature Margarita, oh, it's F-bomb in Sloshville, USA, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so enough. Way, we are not sponsored by Kirkland or Mike's, but nope. nice shout-out. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, take a drink. I just said it. <laughs> hey. Well, I figured if episode seven, the drunk episode, was the most listened to, we'll try to get a little spice on 12, you know? <laughs> it really was, which... Yeah. It's probably because by the end of it, I sounded all slow motion. You really did. Everyone was like, good, <laughs> that guy, shut the f- up, you know? Yeah. Proud of myself. Yeah. anyways back to the box office report mr meyer yeah so creed 2 made 35.2 million uh number three which was pretty close behind with 30.2 million was the grinch and this was uh the illumination uh animation take on the grinch um and this is one that i saw um took the niece and nephew to see it and uh when it comes to illumination movies you expect really good things. I mean, they did Despicable Me movies, they did Minions, they did Secret Life Pets. Um, this version of The Grinch was okay. 
I mean, it was passable, had some funny moments, um, but by any means was not on the same level as this Despicable Me movies, uh, which was kind of a bummer. And it sort of goes back to what we were talking about, uh, you know, expectation versus reality. I'm sure if I had gone in thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a crap movie, um, you know, how many times do we need to see The Grinch? I probably would have been uh, pleasantly surprised. But in this case, I kind of went in with higher hopes and was somewhat let down. That's disappointing to hear because I, I have high hopes uh, when they do the 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 no I don't want to say live action but when they do their version of uh, Super Mario Brothers yep. I want it to be really good because I have to agree with you aside from the Despicable Move this wow <laughs> Despicable Move <laughs> Despicable Me movies well I was gonna try to say movies before me and uh, <laughs> that's the alcohol getting in in the way the uh, the Despicable Me movies were great. But then when you look at their other films, um, like The Secret Life of Pets was just okay. It wasn't great. It was good. Um, and you kind of hope because they have a killer animation studio, but you got to have more good franchises that you could build upon other than Despicable Me. You can't just keep going back to that. Well, one of the funny things is right after, I think it was the first Despicable Me, they did another um uh, Dr. Seuss adaptation, which was the Lorax. <laughs> and that That's was actually pretty woman? decent. Yeah. I, I, knew about you were that. Gonna, I knew you were going to come out with that line. <laughs> That's a woman? Yeah. Maybe I yeah. portrayed a person I used to work with at one time. <laughs> but uh, it's still raking in the, the cash. I mean, it's uh, whew, $215 million worldwide so far. Dang. It's doing good uh, box office-wise. That's really good. Yeah, it's a lot of money. All right, uh, so that was third place. Fourth place was another movie that I've seen, um, which for those of you who regularly listen to the podcast might be surprised that I've seen so many movies in such a uh, short period of time because I normally don't have the time to do it. But and you uh, don't even have the movie pass, young man. I don't. I paid full price for these movies. You dirty it, bug. I know. In any case, uh, number four was, uh, I guess, last week's number one, which is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, made $29.6 million. Now, obviously, it takes place in the Harry Potter world. It's definitely not a kid-centric movie, whereas the Harry Potter movies were. You know, all of my boys are, are still basically catching up on the Harry Potter movies. They really love them. They're really meant for that age. Uh, whereas Fantastic Beasts, uh, you know, the first one was really meant more for an adult audience, those who really liked the Harry Potter world, uh, but now wanted something a little more grown up. Uh, that definitely continues with the second one. And from what I'm hearing from people, you know, they're really sort of split on between whether they liked it or not. <clears throat> I look at it as a setup for a third movie. So they did a lot of backstory. They threw a lot of stuff out there that uh, could be um, confusing just in the attempt to set up whatever the third movie is going to be. But uh, I was telling you before we started recording, Tone, that after watching the movie, 
yeah, it was a good enough movie. I liked it enough. I think uh, um, Jude Law did a fantastic Dumbledore. But the more I thought about the movie after leaving, leaving the theater, uh, the more I liked it. And so it's definitely something you have to sort of stew upon a little bit uh, as opposed to just, you know, its face value after seeing the movie. Gotcha. I, it's one of those that it looks neat, and I think the fact that Johnny Depp's in it definitely draws my interest in it. I do think he's a great character um, actor, does him well. Um, and it's I like the Harry Potters. Nowadays. Yeah, that seems to be his uh, bread and butter, so it works. Um, I'll definitely have to take a – we talked off air about it, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I have to see the first one first. Yeah. Now, one of my biggest complaints with these Fantastic Beasts movies, um, Eddie Redmayne, who plays uh, Newt uh, – I forget the last name, but uh, you know he's the main character. He's a good actor, but he mumbles so much in these movies that half the time you can't even understand what he's saying. He mumbles even more than I do right now, and half my face is paralyzed. So. But that crazy two-face. Yep, yep. All right, so that was number four. And then uh, number five in the box office was Bohemian Rhapsody, a movie that both of us saw, both of us liked. Oh. Rare appearance from the dogs. They liked it too. Perfect <laughs> timing. Perfect timing. Yep. Tia. Knock it off. Stop it. <laughs> oh, she's losing her shit. That's what I get yeah, for she, keeping them in the office straight, with me. She is straight losing her shit right now. <laughs> Um, I'm going to let them out, but, uh, you talk a little bit about Bohemian Rhapsody and then I'll uh, join in here. Yeah. So, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody obviously is a biopic of Queen on how Freddie Mercury joined the band. It doesn't go into too much depth on how they all got together. It's real quick. It's a two hour, a little over a two hour movie. It's actually the best way to put it. If you haven't seen it yet, you don't have to be a fan of Queen to enjoy this movie. It's like watching an episode of VH1's Behind the Music, yet being at a rock concert the entire time. Um, I I like Queen. I'm not a huge Queen fan, but I do like a lot of their songs. Um, after watching this movie, I mean, I was jazzed. This movie was fantastic. It really we'll put was. put it up there as a must-see. It's, um, I went back, and actually my buddy, our buddy, Mike, had uh, – shared a video of Live Aid, the one that the big concert they covered in the movie. Mm. The Brian Singer, the director of the movie, who we Chris and I love from X-Men. He did he's always done X-Men really well. Um to do this movie, he nailed it, or whoever was in charge of that whole scene in Rite Aid or Rite Aid, Live Aid <laughs> was <laughs> right aid oh, is man. he going to pick right. up his prescription for yes, uh, AIDS? he is yes <laughs> he is if only um but down to the beard to the old 80s pepsi cups on his piano to the way he handled himself with the cameraman and everything was spot freaking on um for the most part that was all rami malik the uh, actor who portrayed uh, freddie mercury I mean, he went back, and you can tell he really did his homework in that performance uh, and really capturing, um, you know, Freddie Mercury uh, throughout his entire, you know, 
professional career up until, you know, the time he passed. Yeah, he freaking killed it. And I saw on the, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon that he left the extra, the prosthetic teeth in his mouth. Because I didn't realize that Freddie Mercury had, uh, I don't know what, what part of the teeth are, but he had those Four extra, extra incisors, yeah. Yeah, and he left them in because he said if had he taken them out, it would have affected his voice and he couldn't get that range. Um, God bless him for leaving it in. Um, fantastic singer. And uh, Rami Malek deserves an Oscar for that. That was fantastic movie. I can't say enough good things about it. I agree. I agree. And I know that, uh, you know, uh, Brian Singer, who you were talking about, was actually released from the movie uh, during uh, post-production. Uh, really? I of, didn't know Yeah. That. There were a number of allegations that came out about him. and uh, Oh, that's when the Me Too movement came through. Exactly. And um, it was one of those things that you never really know how that's going to affect the final outcome of the movie. But uh, I'd say it really didn't have any effect it was a fantastic movie it was great um one of the things that <laughs> i was surprised about in watching the movie uh the actor who portrayed john deacon the uh queen's bass player the whole movie i'm going through is like why does he look so familiar what else was he in and it wasn't until afterwards that my girlfriend turned to me and he's like wasn't he the little kid in jurassic park and he totally was. And I haven't seen anything with him since then. And it's so weird to see him as a grown-up now. He was the one the one that got electrocuted off the fence, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's kind of messed up as a kid? That was always one of my favorite parts of Jurassic Park when that little shit went flying off the fence. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a morbid person, but damn it was funny. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, uh, like you said, Tone, even if you're not a fan of Queen, still well worth it. A fantastic movie. And uh, I mentioned, you know, my girlfriend saw it and she really wasn't a big Queen fan. And afterwards, she was looking everything up. She ended up buying the um, the soundtrack. She didn't realize that so many of those songs were actually from Queen. Um, you know, oh, another yeah. one bites the dust she thought was from like an REO speed wagon or something like that. Uh, but you know, it, oh, was, Queen, it was Queen. Queen was so beyond their time. I know you and I used to do a music podcast where we discuss this type of stuff, but Queen influenced so many. And um, even one of our favorite bands, Metallica, was you know highly you know influenced inspired by, them, yeah. by Queen. Yeah, they did Stone Cold Crazy, which. Their ver Queen's version was fantastic. I'm partial to Metallica. I thought Metallica did it better, but um, Queen wrote a lot of bitchin' songs. They really did, and yeah, you know, talented, talented band, legendary. Yeah. yeah, and they still tour. So uh, they're with uh, Adam Lambert, who was one of the American Idol finalists winner. I I forget where he, he was plays, a, but yeah, I think he was a finalist. Yeah, but uh, he he definitely does justice to freddie mercury um if you ever get a chance to see them live still yeah he's uh it sucks freddie mercury's not around i think that would be a bucket list uh show for me if they were um, yeah yeah i like queen i've never disliked them um i think i wrote this on my horrible movie review on my facebook page um 
one of my favorite things of this is the first time I got into Queen was uh, when I lived two doors down from my best friend, Katie Henry, and um, giving her a shout out this week. I don't know if she listens, but <laughs> shout out to you, Katie. I'm shouting you out. Um, I used to go to her house and we used to listen to Queen's Greatest Hits and uh, Another One Bites the Dust, We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions. Um, so many songs just remind me of my the good times of my youth when I'd hang out with Katie as a little guy and um, just even throughout life, you know, you come across these songs and they just, you remember good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody was uh, number five in the box office, uh, to round out the rest of the top 10, uh, we'll just hit it really quick. Uh, number six was instant family, a movie that I didn't even know existed until last week yeah. with Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne. Real, real fast movie review. Uh, very good. Um, sad. It's a dramedy. Sad and funny all in one. This is weird. You and I have seen a lot of these top tens this week. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I saw it. If if you've ever fostered a kid, it'll it's going to make you cry. Um, if you haven't, it really gives you an insight on fostering a family. It was enjoyable. Not theater worthy, I don't think. But uh, definitely a good movie, though. Nice, nice. Uh, seventh, sorry. seventh place, which uh, I think they were hoping would have a bigger opening, was um, Robin Hood with uh, Jamie Foxx and Taron Egerton. Um, I have right. no desire yep. to see that movie. Um, and no, obviously a, nobody else did Elec- either. Yeah, when Electro meets uh, um, ah, Tenzi, right? Eggsy. Tenzi. <laughs> Tenzi was a dice game. Eggsy, yeah. Well, I was going to say Elton John because he plays Elton John in uh, the Rocketman biopic next year. Which actually looks pretty good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no desire to see this one. Maybe I'll wait till it's out on Netflix. But uh, like I said, uh, you know, opening at seventh place, obviously nobody else was too thrilled to see it either. Widows? Yeah, Widows. Uh, that was eighth oh. place with $7.9 million. Yeah, no thanks. Yep. Uh, ninth place was The Green Book, which actually looks like a good movie, but definitely one you have to be in the right frame of mind to see. Um, yeah, that's that's an at-home movie. That's that's something you watch on Netflix. I don't think it's a theater flick. Yeah. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, uh, Mahershala Ali. Um, oddly enough, do you know who directed that movie? No. <laughs> Peter Fairley. Who also did um, uh, Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and, and Dumber. Yeah, same same Weird. director. Yeah, I just noticed that. And then uh, number ten was A Star Is Born, which just seems to be hanging in there. That's crazy. It's funny when you say Vigo, you know who I think of, right? <laughs> Vigo the Carpathian. I do. Actually, that's Vigo. <laughs> It's funny you say that because that is a great segue into our next story, which is that uh, Dan Aykroyd, who um, he and Harold Ramis both wrote the first two Ghostbuster movies, not the terrible remake, um, was on. (laughs) You know it was your favorite movie, don't you lie? Oh, oh, so good. So good. (laughs) So good. So good. In any case, he was on uh, Access TV's uh, The Big Interview with Dan Rather. And he teased that. Uh, 
Ghostbusters 3 is currently being written. How long has this been in development? Oh, forever. Yeah, since we were, like, in high school? Well, I mean, before, uh, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Dan Aykroyd? No. Bill Murray? No, Harold Ramis, before he died. They were obviously working on it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Bill Murray said that he had no desire to come back to it. Uh, but he then came out uh, a couple of years later saying that he would only do it if he came back as a ghost. And which I think is an awesome idea. Could you imagine a, a ghost Bill Murray? Oh, it'd be badass. Yeah. Especially if you take it from the, if you kind of tie it in with Zombieland in a way, just as a tongue in cheek, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be good. But uh, in any case, I guess uh, Ackroyd's working on a direct sequel to, uh, you know, their version of Ghostbusters. And it would be awesome to see a new version. Oh, hell yeah. Well, you know, if if you really, if this never comes to fruition, they kind of did Ghostbusters 3 in video game form. They did. If you go back, yeah, it wasn't as good. I mean, it, the video game was fun, but it really, to me, tied in more part part one than anything it was like a rehash of part one more than a anything. little bit yeah yeah the like the librarian in new york uh state puff marshmallow man being the main guy and <laughs> you know but what was great is it had the original cast as the voice actors so it was yeah. fantastic yeah i mean that was killer you know and i they obviously won't have any trouble getting uh, Ernie Hudson back. Um, you know, Dan Aykroyd, obviously, if he's writing it, he'll be in it. Uh, the big sort of question mark is if they would be able to get Rick Moranis back. You know, he I, he retired from acting in the in the 90s after his wife died. And uh, this would be a great sort of reentry point for him to come back. Yeah, he did. Actually, uh, I was just going to chime in on that. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh I, I believe his name's Adam Goldberg, and I could be wrong. I apologize if I am. Um, from the TV show The Goldbergs, he was able to get Rick Moranis out of retirement to play uh, Darth Helmet in an episode of The Goldbergs, just like he was able to pursue Robert England to put the makeup back on nice. for Freddy Krueger. Um, but um, Rick Moranis retired because his wife died, so he stayed home with his kids and raised his kids which I think is awesome. I mean, yeah. not that his wife died, obviously not that, but <laughs> yeah. that sounded crappy, but you know, to stay home and be a family man and to walk away when you're really, he was in a lot of big films he in was the at late eighties. Career, career. Really I mean, honey, I shrunk the kids. The little giants. Yep. With Ed O'Neill. Um, you know, he's, he's a, yeah, he's a fantastic actor. And I think if you brought, you know, Lewis Tully back for Ghostbusters 3. You, the only one you can't get is obviously Ivan Reitman. Oh, sorry, that's the director. Wow, alcohol. <laughs> Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, hello. Um, I think you could do it. I'd love to see it. Would love to see it. Kind of bums me out that Bill Murray's like, well, I'll do it now. It's like, well, you could have done it a few years ago when he was still around. Although, maybe that's a blessing in disguise because Egon got really fat before he died. <laughs> you know, like, he do got, you remember? Do you remember when he was in Ghostbusters too? I mean, did he? I, I yeah. saw him in Knocked Up, and he was fat as hell in Knocked Up. We just went back and watched uh, Groundhog Day, and he was fat in that. He played the uh, doctor who uh, 
checks out Bill Murray, and he was already getting fat at that point. Did Egon just get lazy and, and eat them damn Twinkies? Because he liked the Twinkie. Because <laughs> he, he liked the Twinkie in Ghostbusters too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Freaking Egon. <laughs> Do Ray Egon. Egon. <laughs> so with He's like actually my least he, he was my least favorite Ghostbuster, by the way. Really? Not to be an not to be an ass, he wasn't my favorite. <laughs> All right. So uh, who did like Venkman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Venkman was definitely the best. Uh, yeah. Winston. Yeah. I yeah, could Winston, that. they just. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it has Aykroyd and Murray in it, I'm in. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. not and not in that all girls one, because even though they were all in that one, that movie was terrible. God, it was so bad. That was so awful. Bad. I went back and tried to watch it. It was a piece of shit. I said it. It was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hopefully, though, will there will be uh, more information coming out uh, about uh, uh, Ghostbusters three. Hopefully, it'll come to fruition, and uh, we'll see what actually happens, what comes of it. I hope it happens. Me too. All right. Uh, let's see. Talking about other sequels, uh, moving into the comic book universes of uh, DC. Uh, Margot Robbie, who uh, obviously played Harley Quinn in um Ooh, so hot the one to touch the hiney <laughs> in Suicide Squad, which and we've met, mentioned many times that uh you know we had uh, Suicide Squad wasn't a great movie. It was just sort of a bunch of characters thrown together. She was definitely the best part of it. Um but we know that she was working on a Birds of Prey movie uh, that brings in uh, Huntress, Black Canary, uh, Black Mask is the bad guy. And uh, Margot Robbie just released the full title of the Birds of Prey movie, which uh, I'm. Well, I don't like the way you did that weird moan. That <laughs> it makes me seem like you're not excited about this. I'm not, not. So. It's called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous and well, see, I'm already screwing it up. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's just too much to say. Nah, I don't like it. I don't know. That name. That name is stupid. Hopefully, the movie is better than the name. Um, they're touting it as an R-rated girl gang film, which I don't know if by the time it actually reaches theaters, if it'll actually be R-rated R. God, I can't speak today. Well, are you the one drinking or is it just me? You would think so, but no, I haven't had a drop of alcohol today. Well, I'm having some for you, buddy. I appreciate that. In any case, uh, the movie is set to come out February 7th, 2020. So we still have a little over a year to go before we see that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll more than likely see it in theaters, but at the same point, I'm not super excited for it. No, I'm not either, though. I I do like Margot Robbie, so I'm like you. I'll see it, but uh, I don't know. Not holding Doesn't out. Seem, I, the, the, no, the name of it just sucks. Like it's just so dumb and and I like I like Harley Quinn, but they're so quick to make her not to quote a wrestling term, but they're so quick to make her a face. Yeah. 
when right. she's a heel. She's like a cool heel, you know, the Joker. And uh, you want to make her like a heat, like the full on baby face fan favorite. And I, I don't like that. Yeah, she's always better as more of a uh, supporting character than being the main focus. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out uh, with the new Birds of Prey movie. Um, but we got a little over a year to wait before we know how that's going to come together. Right. All right. A movie that I am looking forward to that technically we've already seen uh, is the PG-13 re-release of Deadpool 2, titled Once Upon a Deadpool. And everything about this looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, They obviously went in, shot some new stuff. Um, There was talk of Ryan Reynolds going into the studio and saying, I've got two terms in order to do this. I want to do a PG-13. The first term is that a portion of the proceeds go to uh, charity, to the F cancer. Um, What did they call it? Fudge cancer? The fudge cancer, yeah. Yeah. And then the second part is that I want to kidnap Fred Savage, which I'm on board right there. (laughs) You're playing it right now, but uh, last week they released the Oh, yeah. I'm going to put the trailer up, but I'm going to wait for the opportunity. I was getting right to the right spot. So. Yeah, they released the trailer to this Once Upon a Deadpool. Uh, it basically goes back to putting Fred Savage in his room as a kid uh, from The Princess Bride and Deadpool reading the story back to him. And it, it's amazing. I mean, Tony, as Tony said, he's going to put it up on our Facebook page. Um, you got to watch it. it. it and, is... and it's this line. This is the line of lines right here. Just if you can hear it, this is the line. Now, is it going to so play? Character from Marvel movies. We are Marvel. Yeah, but you're, you know, Marvel licensed by Fox. It's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. It's music, but it sucks. Whoa. You were nicer as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that line alone sells the ticket for me. Oh, like yeah. that. That's just it's just awesome because it's going to be it's going to be funny. I mean, sure. At first, I thought it was a quick cash grab. But the whole fact that it's going to a good fee, it's only a two week run. Yep. Starts. It's December not like 12. it's there. It's going to run for two weeks. I really hope they go in and make it as cheesy as humanly possible. I hope they make it as bad as, and I mean bad as in the dubbing, as you would see on T, like TBS or TNT. Like we had talked about like the Die Hard one, you know? Right. Yippee-ki-yay, William Faulkner. <laughs> really? William Faulkner? Who the hell's William Faulkner? You know? Yeah, I, I I can't imagine they wouldn't poke fun at this being a PG-13 version. And the nice thing is it's something I can take the boys to see. Uh, they've always wanted to see Deadpool, but obviously, you know, the two previous versions are nowhere near suitable for them. Oh, you can't. And just for the, the audience out there that don't know, this is Deadpool 2. It's not the original Deadpool. It's... It's a retelling of Deadpool 2 in PG-13, um, just to get that out there. Oh, and they're taking T.J. Miller out. He's not in it at all. Seriously. Due to his, 
Yeah, well, he had a lot of dirty. He had a dirty rape allegation, so they took his That's ass out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not in it. And he was very offended. They asked him if he was going to be in it. He was very pissed off. He's not in that. And if there's a Deadpool three down the line, he will not be in that either. Makes sense. So yeah. So, yeah, check it out December 12th through Christmas Eve, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely there. Oh, I'm in for sure. Totally. All right, uh, let's see. Looking at our little cheat sheet. So the next thing is uh, sticking with Marvel, but actual Marvel Marvel, not the uh, Nickelback version of Marvel. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a new attraction. Look at this Marvel graph. <laughs> Every time Fox made me laugh. That's pretty good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, in any case, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a new attraction at Disney World. It's going to be a uh, Guardians roller coaster. And uh, they've started releasing bits and pieces of what, like, the cars are going to look like and um, you know, we've talked about the, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Operation Escape, Escape, whatever it is uh, at Disneyland. Oh, I love that ride. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, we went on it back to back to back. Uh, when <laughs> oh, we went dude. There, and it was so good. Uh, didn't it feel like we were like little kids again? We're like, again, or like oh, that totally. damn little, like the pink little dinosaur from that cheesy 80s show dinosaurs. <laughs> not, the mama. not the, not the mama. I got like we just kept doing that it was so damn fun it was good it was good so uh disney world's getting their own guardians of the galaxy attraction um and i've i've got to make a trip to florida when it comes out because if it's half as good as the one that's at disneyland it'll be well worth it i know i'm bummed i'm not bummed i'm gonna be in disney uh this coming june down in florida but none of these rides will be ready to roll so Disney, take my damn money. I'll be spending more and be back in the next decade. <laughs> now, one of the things, because we do live closer to Disneyland than we do Disney World, um, Disneyland for the last year and a half has been working on their uh, Star Wars um, Galaxy's Edge, which is a land dedicated to Star Wars. And Everything that I've seen coming out of it looks amazing. Uh, well, at D23, at least on their uh, fan club site, they have released the attraction names that uh, will be there uh, when it does finally open. And so uh, looking through, let's see. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. There's the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which will be two attractions um, that you'll be able to participate in at Disneyland. Oh, it's going to be it just the artwork and everything on here just looks fantastic. Oh, it looks so Which, good. of course, you guys can check it out. You guys can check it out on our uh, Facebook page. I'll be posting that. So, yeah, I didn't get a chance uh, before we started recording this to read much about what's involved with either of these attractions, but uh, I don't know why I said retractions, attractions. Um, but it looks like Rise of the Resistance, uh, guests join in an epic battle between the First Order and the Resistance, including a face-off with the sinister Kylo Ren himself. Um, so I don't know if that's more of a motion ride similar to... Um, 
um, star tours, but, uh, you know, it's Disneyland. They're going to do it right. It's going to be awesome once it's actually open. Uh-oh. Did we lose Tony? Did it happen again? <laughs> so apparently we didn't lose him to uh, technical difficulties. We lost him to... Uh, He's been drinking a little bit and uh, had to use the uh, little boy's room. So uh, I guess in this case, I'm going to vamp a little bit and uh, talk a little bit more about uh, D23 and uh, the Galaxy's Edge attraction. There is a video that we're going to post up about uh, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but uh, you know, you'll get to see it the same time I do. Sounds like Tony's back now. Is yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> yeah, you were talking, and I was like, "Well, I think I could time this really well while you're chatting." So, but then I knew once I started, I it's kind of like Ben Roethlisberger yesterday during the Bronco <laughs> game, when he threw that touchdown to Juju, and then he just went, he left the field because he had to go take a dump. Luckily, right. I didn't have to go do that, but uh, yeah, I had to sneak away for a minute. So I was like, "Well, Chris is talking, I can roll for a minute." <laughs> so, but I am back. We are good. No technical difficulties. It's all right. All right. Just a so, fun added part to this episode, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, take two drinks. I don't know why I keep saying exactly. Exactly. Well, it's because I brought it up to you. Yep. Yep. So you need uh, to quit saying it though. I'm on my third mics, man. <laughs> hey, you're not slowing down at all. That's always good. Nah, nah. We keep rolling, baby. Not yet. The good news is we don't have much left to go over. So uh, talking about Disney parks, now going over to Disney movies. Uh, we talked a little bit on the last episode about the live action remakes that Disney do does. Disney do. God, I'm really struggling today. <laughs> you have been drinking. <laughs> I have not been drinking, but that's okay. In any case, the teaser trailer for The Lion King was just released. And it looks good. I mean, we talked about the teaser for Aladdin, uh, which also looks fantastic. Um, this movie is directed by John Favreau, who did uh, The Jungle Book. So you know it's in good hands. Obviously, he did Iron Man. It's I, I don't see anything going wrong with Disney and their live-action remakes, especially with this movie. Right. I want this kids just so you want to know, uh, Chris and I discussed not only adding um, a cartoon segment to our show, but we wanted to bring like a trailer of the week. So this is our trailer of the week. We'll come up with a theme song um, or you Maybe. can submit one to us. If you want if you want to be on the show, you want your theme song, write it for us. You're talented. You listen. Submit We're lazy. It. You know. Yeah, we are. Well, we're busy. We're not lazy. We oh, just. That's true. We that's true. we work full time jobs. You're a dad. I'm trying to date. I mean, you're busy. It's hard to put the podcast together all the time. You know. It is. So a little it help is. wouldn't be so bad. But uh, no, I agree. After we watched it on Thanksgiving Day, and, and the trailer came out, I was just like, "Holy shit!" The Lion King trailer. And everyone in the room is like, "How? No, no, no way." It's like, well, yeah, like. It starts out like the animated version. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, there's Rafiki. Um, I just wanted Whoopi Goldberg's hyena to pop up and go, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> but uh, it didn't. 
Now, my one problem, though, is, so are we getting a live-action Aladdin and a live-action Lion King in the same year? It's a good question. I'm looking through the story right now, and it looks like the Lion King comes out July 19th of next year. Because I'm excited about both. These were both very cherished childhood animated movies. They were. And coming out even sooner than those, uh, obviously, in the next couple weeks, you're getting Mary Poppins Returns. Mary Poppins! (laughs) F F that noise. I'm not excited about that garbage. I'm not. A lot of people are, but I wasn't a big fan of the original Mary Poppins to begin with. And then you're also getting the live action remake of Dumbo uh, with the Tim Burton treatment, which could be good. Which re- yeah, reunites Batman and the Penguin, dude. I'm down with that. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman. Yeah, Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito, dude. I'm in. And Tim Burton, hell yeah, sign me up. Yeah. So I think Disney's found their stride in these live action remakes. After Lion King, after Aladdin, it'll be interesting to see what else they take on. Uh, Is it going to be The Little Mermaid? More than likely. Um, But what else are we going to see? What else would you like to see? Well, I'm I'm excited for Aladdin. I think The Lion King is going to be very similar to The Jungle Book. I think it'll be good. Um, You know Mulan's coming. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is. I was never, I never actually liked Milan. Not to be a jerk. Um, For me, the last great Disney animated movie of like what we grew up on was Hercules. Yeah, I don't see them redoing that one. Uh, it'd be interesting if they could. I mean, uh, get but James Woods do... as Hades again. <laughs> yeah, I think they're about at the end of their remakes for animation. I mean, obviously, you could do the Princess and the Frog, which was we yeah. were we were pretty much in adulthood by that point. Right. Um, yeah, they sort of did a Sleeping Beauty one with Maleficent, and I know they're working on a sequel to that. But that's I you probably couldn't count that as a live action remake. It's more of a yeah. retelling. No, and you're definitely not going to get a live action Goofy movie, so that ain't working. No, they tried um, or. Disney didn't do Snow White, but uh, Universal did, uh, you know, Snow White and the Huntsman, which uh, was garbage. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Because those were all uh, Brother Grimm tales. It's just Disney put their own spin. Yeah, it's kind of like, did you see that crappy-ass trailer for Mowgli? I was just going to bring that up. What a uh, piece of crap. I don't care if Andy Serkis directed that. What a pile of shit. No, just go back and watch The Jungle Book. Way yes, better. why Why would you do that? Like, did you see how bad the animation was? Oh, it looks terrible. It's awful. Why? Why? That'd be like, I just don't get it. Um, As far as the live action goes, I almost, I, I challenge the creative geniuses behind Disney to start making new franchises. I mean, yeah. it's great. It's great to go back and rehash the past, but. You got to move forward. You're getting the uh, getting kind of the bottom of the barrel of original content there. It is now. The only problem is that you know Disney has basically tried that with the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, and it bombed. You know they took a classic story, tried to put their own spin on it, and people didn't go out and see it. Now we talked about that. That may be a timing issue. That that would probably be suited for closer to Christmas, but. 
even then, you know, with so many good movies coming out in the next few weeks, um, I don't think it would have been able to stand. No, I think that is also a marketing issue too. I think we've discussed this on a few episodes. You, uh, you gotta know, you gotta know when to strike. Don't go up against the big heavyweight hitters. Go for a week where there's really nothing out there, you know, and, uh, put your movie out then. Yeah. Uh, but as far as live action Disney, I don't know what you do at this point. Little Mermaid seems inevitable. Absolutely. Yeah, that definitely seems inevitable. And uh, I'm praying Aladdin's really good and Lion King's good because those were my two favorites. So I'm yeah. hoping I, for the best on them. I don't foresee an Emperor's New Groove movie. I don't either. You know, like you said, The Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Yeah, and I know Milan's happening. I did read that, yeah. so yeah. that's that's for sure in the works. Um, made me think actually. Uh, Ariel in uh, Wreck It Ralph two was awesome. She's just funny. Oh, really? <laughs> I think it was the same actress that voiced her in the original Little Mermaid, so it was pretty funny. Nice. Yeah, I, I still can't wait to see that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, our trailer of the week is going to be The Lion King. Check it out on our Facebook page and then uh to close out this episode um even though the news is a couple weeks old obviously we haven't recorded since then um you know it obviously came out that we lost stan lee who is basically the creator of everything we grew up and loved uh about marvel i mean started with fantastic four and then moved on to you know the avengers and uh x-men uh, the Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man. Um, I mean, all of these great iconic characters that really was the reason Marvel was able to overtake DC. And, uh, you know, Stan Lee always took stories or created stories that really dealt with the way the world was at the time. And so, you know, X-Men, for instance, uh, you know, talked about the differences in people and the segregation and, and dealt with that on a different level than, you know, purely race. It was, you know, more on, uh, you know, mutants versus non-mutants. And, uh, you know, he, he was always an ambassador for, uh, that level of storytelling. And so, uh, you know, obviously we lost a great storyteller in Stanley, but, the nice thing is we still get to enjoy all of his creations moving forward. Yeah. Stan Lee was an icon. Um, it's sad, you know, and he lived a, he lived a really good life. 95 years of age, uh, lived, a lived a long time. Uh, happy. He's, uh, hopefully up in the heavens with his wife reunited and, uh, He's left us a lot of good cameos. I can't wait to see uh, what his cameo is going to be in Avengers 4. I know he filmed that already. And and um, uh, Captain Marvel, too. Oh, excellent. So we get him two more times. Um, you, there's another movie currently in theaters. You, you'll see him as well. So um, one of the things that has been talked about um, is a Stan Lee biopic with Leonardo DiCaprio attached to play Stan Lee which I would definitely go see. Um, his story is fascinating. We talked a couple weeks back about a podcast called Business Wars, and uh, one of the features they did on that was Marvel versus DC and talks a lot about Stan Lee and what he brought. Um, 
And so if you want to know more about his history, I definitely recommend checking out that podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. When you brought that up uh, on our show a few weeks back, um, I've with my long commute, I've actually taken a liking to it. And what a neat podcast, you know, just to hear what was going on in the reenactments. It's it's, it's a very entertaining podcast. So uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. So uh, closing out this episode, um, what, Tony, would you say is your favorite Stan Lee cameo? Uh, well, we did the top 10 that we looked over together and, uh, um, I think, you know, what introduced me to Stan Lee, not just the comic books growing up, you know, the name, but obviously the content and the media wasn't there as kids. Um, but it'd have to be Mallrats for me. Like if it's going to be where it's actually him, Mallrats mm-hmm. was fantastic. But if it's going to be a Marvel movie, you can't go wrong with Deadpool when he's the DJ in the strip club. <laughs> Classic ass shit right there. So if it's Marvel, it's Deadpool. Obviously, we know that's Nickelback Marvel, but uh, <laughs> Deadpool and Mallrats for me. <laughs> the two what for say you? The two for me are, um, God, was it, let's see, it was after Civil War. Was it Avengers? It was uh, where... Stan Lee played the FedEx driver and uh, he was looking for Tony Stank. <laughs> and Tony's standing I there. About that. How great was that? That one was great. And then the other one was the cameo during um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which played on a long thought sort of canon thing that uh, Stan Lee was sort of put on the planet by the watchers and the watchers were these like all knowing beings who never, uh, you know, interfered with everything that was going on in the universe, but that Stanley was the one who would report back to them. And, uh, there's just a great scene of him sitting there with three of the watchers, um, talking about sending him back. Yeah. I think that was the, that's the best way to explain why he's in every movie. What was the one, there was one Marvel movie. He did not, uh cameo in and mm. i don't i don't know if it was the incredible hulk too. no uh it, in, i believe it was the it, edward norton version because yeah he was, there was one movie he just he was sick or something and he didn't do it yeah because he was in the terrible um hulk movie the one with eric banna playing um oh gosh the ang lee version that was yeah. crappy the scooby-doo hanna-barbera version <laughs> and uh, his cameo was actually pretty good uh he and lou ferrigno were security guards walking out of uh you know one of the high security buildings and uh nice to have the two of them together right um fan just a legend and uh you know god rest his soul thank you for the memories thanks for everything that you did on this planet mr lee godspeed and god bless so we'll close it out tony you can probably do a better impression than i can but uh we want to leave you on a excelsior excelsior not bad but not bad (laughs) but we but we could also do a stanley excelsior um But uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, And then other than that, uh, you know, thanks for listening and 
Uh, hopefully I can send us out here with an actual Excelsior from uh, Mr. Stan Lee. Other than that, uh, you guys have a good week, and we'll see you for episode 13. I don't know if this is going to go or Start not, but uh, i got to sit through uh, commercials. <laughs> so I didn't really set this up well, you know? It's not, so, but, uh, you know, Excelsior. I'll tell you what, I'll add it in post. Okay, that'll work. That'll probably end this awkward ending here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That was a good time. Excelsior.